Today's podcast is sponsored by Inner Professional Online Training Programs. With courses geared specifically for legendary leaders, Inner Professional provides an extraordinary catalog of leadership and professional development programs unlike any online training you've experienced before. Hone your conscious and authentic leadership skills with peer group, networking communities, direct engagement with life experts, and a wealth of compelling, easy to engage on demand content. Learn more at kathleenmerkel.com slash innerprofessional. Hello and welcome to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. My name is Kathleen Merkel and I'm the host of the show. And together with a wide range of legendary leaders themselves and experts in the field of self-leadership, we are going to explore concepts and ideas that show you how you can move past your fears, negative self-talk and constant doubts in order to encourage you to becoming a legendary leader yourself with far more natural impact, influence and inspiration. So are you ready for it? Well, welcome once again to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Legendary Leaders podcast. I'm very happy to welcome you here on the show. And obviously, I've brought another fabulous guest with me. Her name is Maris Gebhardt. And Maris uh, brings mindfulness, meditation, yoga into corporate. Now, is it the first time that we are talking about meditation and yoga? No, it isn't. Is it the first time that we are talking about meditation leadership? Oh, yes, it certainly is. And you will experience a conversation in the middle of Umbria, Italy, where Merit sat in a lovely cafe, sun shining uh, on her face, drinking a cappuccino and enjoying herself, feeling content, feeling aligned. Isn't that what we all want to feel more frequently? If I speak about myself, I certainly do. And this conversation helped me raise a lot of awareness again of what are those simple, small steps that I can literally take any time in the day to put myself into that space. Right. She highlights in the conversation that she got to a point where she was showering. And while she was in the shower, she realized, hey, life is actually pretty cool. Uh, there's not anything else. I'm there's nothing I'm dreading or I want to feel differently about. I feel pretty content. Hey, that's a goal to have, isn't it? And we can certainly achieve it. And that's just one of the topics we are going to talk about today. We are also going to talk about a concept called pleasure plateau. What is that? And um, once Maris has explained it to us, is that something you may be finding yourself in from time to time? We are also going to talk about emotional management. And in particular, how am I handling things when no one is watching, right? What is it I'm doing that is helpful? What is it I'm doing that's absolutely not helpful? And most importantly, we are talking about pausing and how pausing more frequently can help us in the way we are with ourselves, but also the people around us. She explains to us how she brings uh, meditation into the corporate world, right? Where uh, we are uh, meeting and encountering um, leaders who have all sorts of challenges as uh, the nature of their role. So uh, let's talk about how meditation and being more mindful 
truly can help you, can help us as human beings, and in particular for those of you who are in leadership roles. But let me introduce Maris to you a little bit more. So she is the founder of Opulent Mindfulness, and she draws on a wealth of wise teachings from nearly 20 years of yoga, meditation, and integration of Ayurvedic principles and essential oils. Starting with Power Vinyasa, Maris found home in this high-intensity, ultra-focused athletic style of yoga. And this level of intensity met her where she was emotionally and physically requiring this deep connection to bring inner peace and calm. And today, Maris enjoys holding space for her students and clients to meet themselves where they are to begin healing and growth, moving from survive to thrive. And she's truly shining brightly in mind and spirit. And that's what drives Maris every day. And I'm pretty sure you will get a sense for it when listening to this episode. And as always, please leave your feedback about the show or any questions that you may have. Share them with us anytime. But for now, enjoy this episode. Speak to you again in a moment. Hello and welcome, Maris. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. How are you? Thank you, Kathleen. I really am delighted to get to talk further at length with you and to uh, share our, our conversation with your audience and see what we can come up with that's going to spark some release of interesting and helpful nuggets today. So Ooh, thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you for making this happen. Uh, I have no doubts that that's what we're going to do. And I wish the listeners would actually see you right now um, <laughs> uh, drinking or having a sip of your beautiful cappuccino. Where are you having it? I am in a little tiny village in Umbria, Italy called Toro Soltrazimeno. It's on a lake and it's about 4,000 people and it's about 300 meters up above sea level. And it's a rolling hills. We've got olive groves and cypress trees, Ciprese and wine uh, vines every which way you go and the light the light here is just one thing I can never get over it's unbelievable Italy is one of my favorite places in the world um, we were thinking for a long time about oh should we have a little second or even third home there and, and spend some time there it's still a dream in the back of my mind for all yeah. the reasons that you have just mentioned what yeah. brought you to Italy out of curiosity well, it's a good question, and I will remind you and all the listeners and myself as I continue to be reminded on a daily, wherever we go, there we are. <laughs> so, yes. We can think about, oh, going to Italy, how fantastic life will be, and then there we'll find bliss. Well, no, the journey is the journey is the journey is the journey. And so we continue to realize that um, there's this thing called the pleasure plateau and we continue to seek good food. Now I'll feel good. We continue to have good wine. Now I'll feel good. I continue to find a beautiful place in the world. Now I'll be good. If I find my love now, I'll be, you know, so the pleasure plateau, when we continue and continue and continue to try to seek that happiness or fulfillment or contentment outside of us, we soon quickly, hopefully, and maybe it takes some people years and maybe it takes some people 10 minutes, uh, realize that that chase out there is going to plateau and we no longer get the same level of satisfaction from it. So we are returning to the inward journey over and over and over again and getting reminded. But what brought me to Umbria was I was seeking a place that had fresh air, healthy food, a very 
um, natural lifestyle, I guess you could say. And as I sit here, people are smoking all around me and cars are driving through and the fuel being emitted. So you always kind of wonder, like, is, is the reality of what you kind of envisioned happening? So I love it. It's beautiful. The people are incredible. It's a small village, so you can instantly make friends and acquaintances and, um, get immersed in the community and learn the language and the cooking, right? Impossible not to. So yeah, yeah. that's why I'm here. Oh, you I will too. share that yeah. I was looking to be a little bit near where Sting has his estate and that's more in Tuscany. And so I kind of zeroed in on that price is too high. So I kind of stretched out my Airbnb search, found some amazing images and the right price, the right timing. And my host spoke English and communicated back to me. So it just all worked out and she'll be a dear friend for life. So I know that I zeroed in on exactly the right place at this time in my life. So did you say Sting? Sting, yeah, that guy. Why Sting? Um, I'm just a huge fan of Sting and he has a winery uh, vineyard in uh, Tuscany further oh. up north. And so I figured it's good enough for Sting, it's good enough for me. <laughs> Absolutely. And I yeah. need to I need to write that down and visit yeah. um, that winery as well. We, we yeah. are huge fans of Italian wines. So, yeah. Thank you yeah. for the tip. Look into it. He has some funny labels, of course. Roxanne is one. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I, I usually say to my podcast guests, be in a quiet space, you know, well connected to the audio and so on and so forth. And here I am with the most in the most authentic setting that we could picture here today in the middle of Italy, in a cafe, um, drinking cappuccino with Maris Gephardt. Um, loving it. And if you hear in the background, women talk, cars driving by, the birds are chirping, enjoy it. Get into that space of Italy yourself would be my huge recommendation. <laughs> Just, you know, feel the air. Um, taste the cappuccino take a deep breath be curious about what the women might be talking about on the next table and enjoy yourself while listening to that episode here Kathleen brilliant advice and anytime we can come with less resistance and more acceptance and yeah dodge you know the negative that's coming towards us but find ourselves in that flexible mental state we'll be much happier in life Mm. have you always less energy yeah Sorry. How have you developed that flexible mental state? I think pause, this power of pause. When you get into a rigid kind of squished forehead muscle moment, we get all tightened up. Our brain gets tight. Our muscles get tight. Our, our thinking gets tight. Our scope gets tight and narrow. And so when we pause, we can breathe, relax the physical muscle tension Relax the forehead tension, let the eyes kind of float more broadly and widely, and then more widely and broadly, perspective and and possibility. And then we realize, okay, this is just a single moment, and it's not everything, and it's something. Flexibility. Well, 23 years of yoga. (laughs) That also teaches us flexibility in the physical state. But it is a, a moving meditation, certainly, certainly, certainly preparing us to sit in stillness. But I see that the more I've traveled the world, the less I need. So therefore, my needs are very simple. And if I'm not so set on my 
happiness or my contentedness in any given moment to be a function of all the conditions are perfect. So if I have enough water, I've had a pretty good sleep, um, I'm feeling kind of a little bit of energy, I've had some movement in the morning, you know, a little shake up the body, then those are the main pillars that I need. And the rest of it is going to, I'll go with the flow. Mm. I don't know if that answers your question, but pause and pillars, I think, allow for flexibility. I know my needs. I know that they're a lot less than we kind of build up around us, right? If I have the right home, if I have the right bank account, if I have the right image going, you know, then everything's okay. Well, excavate, <laughs> go deeper, um, let the innards shine out more, have less covering, less need from the outside, come to the inside. And then we are free to be absorbed in any given moment, more in touch with that. I, I really love this, especially when you said, you know, be content with, with less. I'm probably not in the same words, but have those core pillars. It goes in line with what you mentioned before and the pleasure plateau. Mm. Only when I have this, then I will be yeah. okay. You know, only when I have that. And when is it, it feels like a constant chase for more, for something different. And I know some people will say, oh, it sounds so fluffy and so on. But it comes, this content, this feeling of content. Some call it fulfillment, others happiness, whatever your word is. Exactly. Comes from you, from inside. Mm -hmm. And that's the daily practice mm -hmm. that's required here. And One of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you so badly on that show is you bring your thinking, your feeling, your approaches and your practice into corporate. Yes. And yes. the expression I found on your website is meditation leadership. Mm, and right. I thought to myself, what is meditation leadership? Obviously, this show is called Legendary Leaders. It's about leadership. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Talk me mm -hmm, through mm -hmm. the concept. Well, I think we firstly have to live by example. If we expect anyone to follow our lead, we must be living it, walking the talk and learning and humble and honest and transparent and brave and stretched right? Stretched into just uncomfortable areas. Will I call it fear? Maybe because fear can propel us. Absolutely. Um, but fear might be more of a contractive energy rather than a, I'm going to try this because I'm brave and daring and we don't know what's going to happen. And the more I infuse belief into this scenario and belief in my people, belief in myself, belief in the yet unimagined, then we absolutely achieve beyond our, our mere mortal vision. So my, uh, meditation leadership, people look to leaders and I want these leaders to feel empowered. And there's a really big push towards, uh, I'm probably getting the term wrong, but I think it's like uh, mentoring where the younger set is given a place at the table and we are listening to them and their voices are being heard and we are learning. And so I think it's very important to back to this kind of flexible thing to truly listen and be taught by those who have a new and different perspective. The world's racing at a certain fast pace that we've never yet before seen. And so when we all come together with these ideas and permit without ego, uh, the suggestion, the listening, the input from the younger uh, and very impressionable and very impactful set uh, who strive for experiences versus things. Right? We're seeing that with this millennial group and beyond. 
then we have things we never possibly could imagine before um, come forward. So the big question is, and I have to say, I'm a real believer in that. I think it's called the reverse mentoring, where you truly you. hear the voices <laughs> of everybody, right? Regardless their yes. ranks, and you learn yes. from one another. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a true believer in it. I haven't always been, I have to say, I have been a crap manager, I think, when I started out and um, evolved. <laughs> That's why I'm here and sharing yes. my story. Yes. However, how, how can we develop and evolve meditation leadership? You do it on a very regular basis, helping leaders change, shift, raising their awareness. How? I think when we talk to the human inside the body of the leader, then we touch something very private and intimate and get closer to self. And when this leader is able to touch that place within themselves, cutting through the shroud of ego and what will people think of me and my image and I have to look strong and have all the answers. And, and you know, this is an old cliche for leadership profiles, but when we touch that human nerve inside, I think this is where we see transformation. And that pause again is so critical. And in that pause, in that uncomfortable moment is the grand opportunity for this leader, as we're talking about that person, to shift and become softened and open and dissolve the ego and allow for infusion of input. I'm feeling myself into that situation, right? <laughs> and, and yeah, and I could literally, I felt quite vulnerable. And I, I was also picturing myself in a situation where somebody is helping me get to that point where I go beyond mm-hmm. the shoulds, the mm-hmm. musts and so on mm-hmm. and go into identity really, baggage that I'm bringing and so on and so forth. So I'm, I'm going to move more into a pragmatic state now. Sure. Where I say, I'd like to understand how you are going into that space mm-hmm. and helping leaders get to that point. Right, so right. What are, what are the steps you're taking? Perhaps also, what are the benefits that you are seeing once mm-hmm. you have started <clears throat> the work with the individuals? I really appreciate, Kathleen, that you exemplified this pause as I was talking about it. You know, this onomatopoeia, the word buzz sounds like the actual <laughs> So you embodied the pause while we were talking about it in that moment. And this is what I really aim to do. I see so many, say a CEO invites me in to do meditation for his team. He starts out maybe with his arms crossed and his legs crossed and kind of his shoulders back and kind of you know, no one's going to talk to me or tell me, or I already know everything kind of mentality. And I know these are intelligent people. I've had personal conversations with them. Um, but that, that image is invoked. Like I'm in charge. My arms are crossed. I'm not open. Right. So that is the definite physical energy we're getting that body language is speaking to us. So with all the years of yoga teaching, I really aim to allow the individual to pause and get into their body into the stillness state because the mind is going to race the body wants to do and so the guidance is to drop into the body connect with the sensations and as you were saying it it's our articulation of an experience so i've seen strong leaders many of whom are leos actually so the kind of this lion but they're also very tender on the inside and some of the best leaders i've found are rather self-effacing 
and have a, a vast vocabulary of expressions of their emotions. So I've seen this to be a positive thing because they're able to be humble, as mentioned, self-effacing, admit their failures and faults and when they can do better, um, the best ones. And then the teams get behind them and they, it, it's our, in our nature to disarm ourselves when another is disarming. So we meet people where they are. So when the leader is disarming themselves, so we disarm ourselves and then we're more honest and me being not the leader in this scenario. Um, but so I don't know if that helps, but, but guiding the session where we're pausing, allowing each individual, maybe closing eyes if they feel comfortable and safe, dropping into the body and really vulnerably um, and curiously exploring any given sensations in that moment. And before you know it, we're on a journey and it's happened and, and, and the body is relaxing and now the mind is open. And yes, we get resistance because we're meant to defend ourselves in this life. And we have so many mechanisms in our brain to protect ourselves so that we can perpetuate. It's, it's fascinating. I mean, you are describing the power of somatic leadership as well, isn't it? Mm. Being mm. fully in touch with your body, with the sensations your body actually offers you. However, I, I, I'm curious to hear from you and your experience, because my experience is that fairly often we are either not giving ourselves the space to feel into the body, to notice those sensations we are already kind of focused on what's next. What do I need to do? Let's run, run, run. Let's be strong. All sure. of those phrases we are telling sure. ourselves. Or we are suppressing them, perhaps. We don't want to get in touch with them because it feels uncomfortable. It might mean Absolutely. we have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. right? Or there's almost, and that is something I've experienced in the past, a numbness. Mm -hmm. um, we have created such unhealthy habits, or I had created such unhealthy habits to almost numb those sensations with mm -hmm. give me more work, give me more high profile projects. Let me mm -hmm. run, run, run in the evenings. Right. Let's have a glass of wine more than before, you know, Absolutely. all of that stuff so that I don't have mm -hmm. to get in touch with it. Mm -hmm. What is it you see and notice and how do you notice that as well? Okay. Great, great, great. So I want to visit this word numbing that you're using because I think that we might initially in retrospect, look back and say, oh, I was numbing because I didn't want to feel. However, as a leader, it is critical that you know the range of emotions that your people could be experiencing and feeling because you have tasted and touched them your own self, which is maybe the reason we might consider numbing because it was very uncomfortable when I was sensitive and someone hurt me. And, and typically leaders are quite hypersensitive people and so we find tools these find tools to maybe as you say numb but i'd like to revisit this term and shift the perspective on it and consider it emotional management and that's what comes when we meditate we, we gain very keen and subtle difference between am i numbing or am i emotionally managing and same would go with you know am i suppressing my emotions am i turning them off Am I becoming someone I'm not? I'm not, you know, I'm disconnected from myself. So I just want to offer that as a consideration to maybe as you look back, go, was I numbing or was I choosing to express this emotion in this right time and way at that to this group? And then how am I handling things when not, when no one's watching? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But the idea of not wanting to touch those sensitive emotions inside completely can relate to. Um, I'm the eldest of five children and we had um, various times where the home was broken and different parenting situations and living situations. And 
um, my younger siblings would turn to me as sort of the intermediary parent um, because I was the one that was always with them when we were with one parent or the other home season. And so I became a leader, but not one that was loud, one that was just steady and often suppressing my feelings and unable to express my feelings because I had to be steady for them. My sister below me younger, she's very emotionally expressive. And so in that case, I have to counter that with being even more emotionally steady and almost sterile because it's too much, right? When we get into a, a group of people, we all kind of naturally migrate toward our role. And so we weigh out, okay, if that person's that expressive, I need to temper mine a little bit. But when I get around other friends who are, are quieter than me, then I become more animated and expressive. So there's this balance of emotion and the formula for just a certain dynamic in a group. But tapping and touching the feelings. For me, I've had to really do it through movement. And so I'm able to kind of let the goosebumps come when I'm in a certain like exercise or jumping or dancing or singing or riding my bike, running, hiking, whatever it is to just free myself out. And then journaling has been a very powerful way for me to be expressive. And then I have a very select handful of soul sisters, I'll call them, who I can really share and be completely open and honest with. And I don't feel like I'm going to fall off that slippery slope and never like start crying and never recover. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when we have all that sensitivity built up and stuffed and numb, yeah. we are afraid of ourselves. And I love that Lady Gaga song, you know, when things are bad, I'm afraid of myself. And when things are good, I want to change and run. So where are we ever in the contentedness, um, the happy medium, and how long does it last? And not very long is the answer. <laughs> so that was a very long answer to your question. Wow. Not very long, you're saying. Not very long? No, yeah. right? Not no. very long is the They're answer. Fleeting. fleeting. But this is where, when we started talking in the beginning, the pause is so critical because it's in that pause where we have the awareness. And this is why we practice meditation to gain more keen, subtle, timely, minute, granular sight or awareness so that we can engage a tool, maybe take a breath, maybe move our arms, maybe shout, sing, something interrupting the discontent, uncomfortable, yuck, when is it going to be better moment. And that's where choice is made. And that's where the pause is powerful. Great and powerful wizard of pause. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing some of your personal story. And that's actually a theme I wanted to head towards as well, because I've read somewhere, or maybe it was on another podcast you recorded, that you struggled yourself with anxiety. And Absolutely. yeah, if you don't mind sharing a little bit more about it in terms of Hey, what happened there? How did you notice that there was anxiety? And then, yeah, how did you start to emotionally manage that anxiety, those, yeah, those feelings? Oh, boy. <laughs> we are going deep here, I warned you. Well, you know, it's the nervous system. And I think we are all predisposed to a certain level of sensitivity, reactivity, or, or, or maybe, well, reaction response. This is where I'm focusing now the difference between those two in my life in this work. But as a young child, I was nervous. There are pictures of me where I have like a rash below my lower lip because I would incessantly lick, 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 lick. Like I was so nervous. I just be licking and licking and a whole rash would get created. I don't remember 
why, what caused it, but literally pictures of my childhood with this rash through many years. <laughs> Goodness me. Why was no one doing anything about it? What was really going on? Was it situational nurture versus nature? I can only imagine it had to have been a lot of both because to this day, I still manage my nervousness, my anxiety. And this gives me, this is my superpower because this gives me the ability to see people, to see their face, to feel their energy, to understand what is going on inside of them by just observing. And then I, maybe if I sit with them and visit, I can get to like, yeah, that was going on and I sensed it. So that sensitivity that I had to kind of toughen up and these neuroses that came out of the toughening, but they had to have an outlet manifest in the form of a rash uh, below my lower lip. <laughs> so the awareness of the question you asked, when did I become aware of it? And how? I think I've always known it. Okay. And the knowing, kind of this knowing, but then what to do about it is really the next unlocking of the chapter. So harnessing it, journaling, talking, sharing, expressing, meditating, moving, dancing, singing, connecting, really connecting to our humanness. And I think this is why I'm able to connect with leaders in a session, whether it's a one-on-one or group setting. It's very private. It's not uh, a dialogue. People are in their quiet space. So they can get honest with themselves. At least I offer and invite them to. Um, Because to be a leader, you probably have had to overcome quite a few barriers, uncomfortable moments, realizations, imperfect beginnings (laughs) yeah oh yes oh yes yes (laughs) haven't we all really i mean we don't want to categorize it all humans but it's our choice what do we do with that am i more curious do i want to overcome that maybe uh ephemeral barrier push through crash the ceiling yeah you you have worked with some um, big names in the corporate world and brought your knowledge into those organizations. And I don't know if you have received any feedback, I'm pretty sure you have, on what has shifted for them in their leadership, what the teams perhaps feedback as well. So what were the benefits of all the work? Right. So it's really uh, a team is comprised of a lot of me's, right? Yes. <laughs> so when we get into the group setting and the individuals are permitted to be more authentically themselves and expressive and vulnerable and honest and transparent, and especially we're seeing this younger set. Yes, they might be more expressive in the digital realm. But that is happening in them. They are experiencing those emotions. They're getting them out. They're expressing. So we see shifts in overall temperament uh, of the company. And we see people leaving their jobs because it wasn't the right fit. And having been in sales, my whole career, software sales, my whole career, 20 some years, I was always afraid of losing my job. And so my biggest mission with this corporate work is to really empower people to align with their right work. And if they aren't ready to leave the job or they love the job, finding those key elements where 80% of what they're doing is in alignment with who they are. And so I hear executives tell me, 
ah, you know, I was loving my life on the five to nine, not so much the nine to five. And so we started breaking down. Well, what do you do all day? Well, I do this, 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 and this. And, and what would you rather be doing on your five to nine? This, 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 and this. I'm like, well, it looks like you're actually in a bit of alignment. For example, one woman, I love communicating. I love interacting with smart people. I love my ideas getting onto paper. I love seeing results. Uh, I love getting creative with, you know, so, so many things she was looking to do when she retired and counting the days, even though they were years away. <laughs> it was a year away. Here's what um, she realized she actually is doing this in her day to day life. So we are integrating who I am with what I love and what I'm doing. And that's how we're living in integrity, not like, oh, you're following the rules and you're living with a higher moral compass. Integrity is when our values align with our our actual real life action. Yeah behaviors. So um, this is what we found. People are living and working in integrity. Yeah. It's this constant question of who am I? Uh-huh. I, I worked exactly. with um, someone yesterday, a, a fantastic lady in leadership, such a high mm -hmm. achiever with so much mm -hmm. passion, energy. I, oh, it's brilliant working with her. It gives me so much energy as a coach as well. Sure. Uh, however, there's also um, this side of self-doubt, you know, not quite knowing what's the right step. What am I allowed to ask for? And so on and so forth. And the question was, oh, I basically have a new manager And, and the manager offered me to step up and to see what could be the next path in my career. Ah. And perhaps I should step up into the next VP, SVP role. And um, I was listening and I was sensing and feeling. And the one thing I didn't sense in myself, despite the fact that it was her situation, was sure. real passion and conviction for it. And Chaka boom, yeah, that's what I want, right? And I played that back. I said, if that's the path for you, let's explore it, right? I currently, I, I'm missing this. So, so we explored the sensations about this next step. It turned out it might be the next step because that's what everybody else does. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that would be the logical path. Mm -hmm. And we got to the point where I said, okay, what is it you really want? Mm -hmm. You know, who are you? What triggers mm -hmm. your positive mm -hmm. energy and mm -hmm. love for what you do and all of that? So long right. story short, got to the stage where it was about how do I actually want to live my life? Do I want to have the nine to nine in the morning, nonstop <laughs> availability, yeah. right? Uh -huh. Or do I actually, is there something else that truly matters to me? And I perhaps need to reshift or I want to reshift my thinking right. about this is what society or that organization expects me to do versus right. it's actually what I really love to do. And that feels far more aligned. Right. And, and I believe we, yeah. we really, um, I want, I don't want to use the word should, <laughs> but I wish the word should, should, um, should. I was okay. told yesterday that all of these shoulds and musts and so on, right. We need to be right. more, more aware of that. Yeah. Okay. But I'd love to see more individuals really, feel into what mm -hmm. matters to them mm -hmm. what gets the best out of them yes and you're asking the exact central question that most all lineages of meditation will ask the central question who am i who am i who am i and so when i work with people on a private one-to-one -one basis to up level their lives um, lifestyle consulting then we do this primary exercise where we put 
a piece of paper and we divide it into two columns. And at the header of one column, it says sun. And at the header of the other column, it says cloud. And we pause for about five minutes to reflect in each of those categories individually. And we think about our lives and what do I do that makes me feel alive and expansive and powerful and energized and bright and uplifted and in flow. And so this is sun. And what in my life am I doing or happens or is around me that feels heavy and dark and contractive and sucking the energy out of me, immobilizing, you know, so cloud, right? And these are just simplified words to begin to go deeper into what I'm experiencing. So when we start to patch together sun, 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 maybe this who am I is not my birth order, my bank account, my job title, my genetics. But it's a deeper, more energetic, spiritual compilation of all things that I can create and where I am and the energy I exude and the people I bring together. And so this is the who am I. And when we patch together, as mentioned, the more periods of sun, 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 and action of sun and energy of sun, then that begins to shape who am I as I impact um, this journey on in this world at this time in this lifetime and so this will start to shape the work am I in my right line of work yeah absolutely I I, I love that that exercise I mean yeah. it immediately when you talked about sun I immediately felt warmth right and and some energy yes. and yes I, I was literally moving to Italy in my head <laughs> not not permanently but I was with you at this table that you are just sitting at yes and you know I've been doing this work now with the solely meditation corporate maybe five years I kind of always be trying to revisit like when did it actually begin it's been beginning for a long time but ultimately I remember the moment where I was like this is getting a little more personal but you know getting in the shower and doing the daily routine and I realized that day there was nothing ahead that I was dreading I'm like, wow, I'm living my right life. I'm in the right work. Yes, we have to pay the bills. Yes, we have to continue to generate and outreach and do the administrative things and that. But in the pinnacle moment, that penultimate moment where I'm guiding the meditation with people, feeling it, breathing it, channeling what's coming forth that these people need, there is nothing I'm dreading. And I, I love that pure, perfect moment so much that I will do the rest of my day, 90% of the work to get to that giving moment. So it sounds like it's also a motivation for you to, you know, not procrastinate, to keep moving so that you keep that feeling alive. Um, It's a very good question. I haven't really thought about that as a motivation because it's so ingrained in me and integral mm-hmm. that it's just my being like I just do outreach I can't help but come up with content I can't help to express it and get it out and just it just becomes part of this non-stop motor and engine that I don't question my motivation because as soon as that chinked right into gear yeah like you're in the merge lane your whole life and then you finally hit the freeway lane of traffic and you're just like going with the flow you don't think much about that merge lane that pushed you there you're just going with the flow now So yeah, that happened. Are there still any moments in your life where you have to stop yourself, where you say, okay, there is a fine line between I'm moving, I'm moving because I'm enjoying this so much. And goodness me, I I literally forgot that I need to pause in between myself. Absolutely, for sure. 
So I have to pull out of the race. You know, I lived in New York City for two yeah. years and the energy there is infectious and it's really hard to like not get swept up and do this, do this, go there, go there. Um, so yes, you have to consciously, actively, proactively pull out of the race, make sure you're still aligned. But I will say, I definitely have those moments because we're in such a culture of improvement all the time and professional growth and development and more, more, more and learning, learning, learning. I'm, you know, a member of so many different groups that I've often questioned, is meditation enough? Is, should I be doing something more? Should I write a book? Should I have a podcast? Should I, you know, what's the right channel for the meditation? Who's the right market? What's the right audience? What's my right messaging? So many challenges and questions around, even though I have this very clear central body of work and mission and purpose, very, very clear. I continually get challenged on the peripheral, the periphery, like, is this the right way? And like, as mentioned, so continually getting self-aligned and reminded. And yes, I get into doubt. Like, is my word strong? Is, is my visual strong? Do I look the right way? And so you have to get very clear. And the other day I did an exercise. If I want to be the world's best global corporate meditation leader, what does that look like? Mm. So I wrote down all the characteristics of that person. And then now I'm asking why, what's on the other side of being the world's best global corporate meditation leader? Are people living their best lives? Do we have less, fewer heart attacks on a Monday now because people aren't stressed out on Sundays going back to work? So what is really the outcome and what is the, 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 sizzle side of that mission versus the stake, right? The stake is waking up, being consistent, believing in what I'm saying because I'm practicing it, having a good, healthy lifestyle, being compassionate. That's the stake. What is the sizzle? What's the end result from me? And it's not about me because ultimately it's about how I can serve and, and what are the people getting from my, my gift? How does it make the world a better place? If our listeners wanted, which I hope they will do, to step more into this practice of meditation leadership, right? And they might not be experienced with meditation yet. What could be an initial start for them so that they can literally kick off their journey? Yeah. So it's a really simple practice. And that is just to, uh, and I talk to a lot of different groups, people who don't have two legs, but Ideal, you swing your legs to the edge of the bed, and some people don't sleep on a bed that's raised. <laughs> um, but I'll just give a classic scenario. Swing your legs to the edge of the bed before you even put your feet on the floor for the morning and sit there for three minutes. Sit there for three minutes as you press down through your base and rise up through your spine. And very subtly, you'll experience your own breath and pause and let whatever emotions, fears, thoughts, worries that are coming, excitement, things you're looking forward to for the day, troubles that are getting stuck inside, uh, surface, be acknowledged, right? This is the biggest work, acknowledgement. Acknowledge, 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 acknowledge the discomfort, acknowledge the joy, acknowledge that you don't know, <laughs> right? We don't have yet. Acknowledgement is such a powerful permission state that then mobilize and we are not owned by us. We're not owned by chasing joy. We're acknowledging. And then nature propels us. The wave and the momentum come under us and push us and move us. And then we're moved in our lives. We're inspired in our lives. Instead of pushed and pulled, 
from outside forces. We are the swelling well within us is moved. And then our action is right and in alignment with who we are. So all that said, three minutes, edge of the bed, start that. So three minutes is something we can definitely <laughs> do. We can achieve that, ladies, um, for sure. And gentlemen, oh, of course. Yeah. Um, you told me last time about a retreat that you are running in Italy. Do share a little bit more uh, about it with the listeners. True story, Kathleen. Yes, we are doing a movement plus meditation retreatment here in Umbria. At a very beautiful, quaint, charming uh, retreat center just over the hill from where I am. I think it's a five-kilometer ride or walk. And it's entrenched right in the olive groves, the vineyards. There's a Monte um, Golandro, an old castle up overhead. And we visit three cities, little city tours, one of which is uh, Assisi, where St. Francis of Assisi uh, has his church and chapel and Santa Maria, we're going to do a private silent walk up from Santa Maria, the, the very world famous basilica, and to the top where Assisi um, had his own Celtic church. And it's a very spiritual place around the world. You know, people from all walks of life and religion, spiritual practices come to this place, and it's gorgeous, beautiful, vistas. So, anyway, city tours, food. Um, if you happen to enjoy wine, we'll have wine. I'm not a big drinker, but I'll have a have a glass here and there. And then absolutely the practices. So we'll be waking with meditation. We might do some movement outside in nature, or we might do movement in the studio. And it's going to be intimate, only about 10 or 12 people. So I'm really being mindful about curating a mixed group so that we all can learn from each other. And we feel safe enough to go deep. We'll do some journaling. We'll do some focused meditation practices for releasing certain uh, of the neurotransmitters in our brains. Those for calmness, those for happiness, those for contentedness. And, and coincidentally, uh, contento is the word for happiness in Italian. <laughs> so, uh, contento. Contento. And the light here and just the earth and the quietude. It's such a magical place. Um, I really want to share it with everyone. So that's October 9th through 16th. So six nights. Um, and so, yeah, and we also will do practices in the evenings. Um, I've connected with a beautiful healer. She does kinesiology, uh, Reiki, massage. And so she will be on site and available to schedule individual appointments with. So, yeah, it's going to be very special. It sounds wonderful. And <laughs> Thank you, I'd, I'd love to share more with the listeners about it. Um, so let's have a chat how we can do that. Yes. Email um, me easily. My first name, Maris, M-E-R-I-S at opulentmindfulness.com is a great way. Or they can yeah, hook into your, your social needs too. Brilliant. Um, if you could share with the audience any other places where they can find you and find out more about you, that would be fantastic and obviously we're going to publish them in the show notes as well but over to you Maris. Yes right thank you for asking. Well I'm, I have a really um, big presence on LinkedIn I really appreciate that platform because it is professional and you can get a, a feel for people and um, what they've done and, and acknowledge them and make connections with how that might have aligned with what you've done in the past and maybe you have a personal journey you could share together so I love the LinkedIn platform it's just my name Maris Gephardt and then email me um, or WhatsApp me. Hey, that's a great way too. Plus one five zero three seven five six three six two two. Also, of course, the website is a great place to get a sense of our style, um, 
the methodology, and this is just opulentmindfulness.com. And there's the construction in the background. <laughs> there's always something restoring around here. <laughs> I, I think we have brought everybody now to Italy uh, with the really authentic <laughs> feeling. Um, whereas it's been such a joy talking to you and uh, seeing you sit today in the sunshine and hearing about all your wonderful experiences and stories. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Kathleen. And as you know, we mentioned before we got rolling, you know, wherever we go, there we are. So maybe you are in the middle of a life situation that feels not exactly as you had imagined it. Um, running away to Italy is not the answer. <laughs> Because we continually learn and excavate and we are human wherever we are. And the journey is really inward and requires so few external circumstances to really give us a peaceful and contented, fulfilling life. So <sighs> dig deep, dive deep, write it out. Out, move out, sing it out, chant it out, meditate it out, and you absolutely will journey your way right into contento. Let's take the contento with us. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amaris. Thank, Thank you so much, you. everybody, for listening in, for being here with us. Have a wonderful remaining week, and I speak to you very soon. Bye-bye. Namaste and ciao for now. Thank you, Kevin. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening to the Legendary Leaders podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then remember to subscribe to the show either on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or on my website, www.kathleenmerkel.com. I would also love to hear from you to discover what topics you'd like to hear more about, what topics really resonated with you, and how you're enjoying the show in general. Please do leave your review on iTunes as well. It would mean the world to me. Thank you so much and speak to you again next time. Bye.